Hello and welcome to episode number 336 of Smart Podcast Trashy Books. I'm Sarah Wendell from Smart Bitches Trashy Books. With me today are Amanda and Elise. This week we are talking about reading sanctuaries. Well, we started by talking about reading sanctuaries, but you might guess from the title of this episode, Reading Sanctuaries, Cat Poo and Murder, we got a little sidetracked. Amanda and Elise and I all require different things to build the perfect reading sanctuary. So we talk about what we have, what we need, and what we absolutely must not include in order to reach optimal reading enjoyment. We cover blankets, locations, lighting, noise, and whether Amanda can realize her dream of becoming a vampire librarian drow who reads in the dark. We also discuss the intricacies of reading in the bathtub, which for me, no thank you. And we mentioned some podcasts we like to listen to while knitting or stitching. And yes, of course, Amanda and Elise's podcast recommendations include things where people are talking about murder. It's unavoidable. Now, I want to know about your reading sanctuary. What about you? What is in your favorite reading place? What do you need? Do you need pillows, blankets, Weighted blankets? Are you a fan? Do you prefer a bed or a chair? The bathtub? Silence? Music? How much light is ideal? I would love to hear about your reading sanctuary because this is the kind of topic that I think is very personal and very revealing. Also, Orville is now here and he's mad that the keyboard is in his way and he can't climb into the sound box. I love how the minute I start recording, he shows up. Thank you for screwing up my show notes. I really appreciate that. That was great. Okay, are you done now? Okay, now he's on the heating pad. I'm sure you were all very concerned. Anyway, if you want to tell me about your reading sanctuary, I want to hear about it. You can email me at sbjpodcast at gmail.com or you can call and leave a message at 1201-371-3272. You can leave me a message. You can tell me about your reading sanctuary. You could email me a picture or you could just tell me bad jokes. Those are awesome. This week's episode is being brought to you by a new digital publication that is all about romance, Blush Magazine. You've been swept away by the romance of your latest book, only to crash in disappointment when it has the audacity to end. Sometimes the end are the hardest words to read. So let's remedy that, shall we? Blush Magazine is a free online publication for romance readers. Yep, you. It's a magazine that goes beyond the pages of your favorite romance novels to give you the inside scoop on authors, publishers, the latest industry trends, book reviewers, free reads, and more. So never again will you be frustrated when you read the end because Blush has you covered. Subscribers receive the digital magazine in their inboxes, perfect for a quiet moment with a favorite beverage. Just sign up with your email address at blushmagazine.com.au for the first issue, which includes interviews with Beverly Jenkins, Kylie Scott, Colleen Hoover, and more. Head to blushmagazine.com.au to get your first issue. Every podcast episode receives a transcript, and every transcript is hand-compiled by Garlic Knitter. Thank you, Garlic Knitter. This week's podcast transcript is brought to you by Summoned to the 13th Grave, by Dorinda Jones. If you like J.R. Ward or Janine Frost, you will love this paranormal romp that tickles not only the funny bone, but other parts a little farther down as well. Charlie Davidson, Grim Reaper extraordinaire, is back after a century of exile. She is hurt, she is angry, and she is out for revenge. But a century on one plane isn't quite the same as it is on others, and she comes back to find a furious husband who can still melt the polar ice caps with a single glance, a world in chaos, 
and an expanding hell dimension that is taking over our own plane of existence. She has three days to stop an apocalypse that she may have accidentally started and to soothe the savage beast that is her blisteringly hot soulmate. Don't miss the last book in the series that RT Book Reviews calls Wickedly Funny with True Chilling Danger. Summoned to the 13th Grave by Dorinda Jones is on sale now wherever books are sold. You can find out more at DorindaJones.com. Now, if you have supported the podcast Patreon with a monthly pledge of any amount, thank you, thank you, thank you. You are helping make sure that every episode is, well, arriving on schedule and that each one receives a transcript which means that every episode is accessible to everyone, which is important to me and to the people who read and listen as well. So thank you. If you would like to join the Patreon community, it would be most excellent if you did. Have a look at patreon.com slash smartbitches. Monthly pledges start at $1 a month, and you will be part of the group who helps me develop questions and suggest guests and has a brand new fun opportunity as well. We are restarting the Smart Bitches Book Club to include the podcast and the website and the Patreon community. Every quarter, we are going to be selecting a new book from the suggestions given to us by the Patreon community. We will reveal the title, read the book, and then record and share the episode with the transcript, of course, and include all of you in the discussion as well. I am so excited about this, and if you would like a chance to tell us what to read, you want to support the show, either way, join us at patreon.com slash smartbitches. I will have information at the end of the podcast as to the music and who it is, where you can buy it. I'm sure you already know, but that's okay. I'll tell you anyway. And I will have a preview of what is coming up on Smart Bitches this week. And of course, I will have a terrible joke because that's like my new favorite thing about doing the outro. We also talk about a lot of different things in this episode. So if you're thinking about something that we say or you want to see the picture that we discuss, you probably don't want to see the picture, but maybe you do. All of the links and books and music and episodes and podcast episodes that we talk about are in the show notes at smartpitchestrashybooks.com slash podcast. And when this episode takes a turn, please know that the picture that turns the episode conversation is also in the show notes as well, but behind a spoiler tag because, well, I do have some standards, like one or two. But enough talking, enough intro. It's time for this podcast. Let's get started. Let's talk about reading sanctuaries. Elise, I know that you made Rich watch the Fire Festival documentary (laughs) without telling him anything about what Fire Festival was. Would you please tell me what his reaction was? Because I bet it was incredible. So last night he was like, what should we watch? And I said, I want to watch this documentary on the Fire Festival. And he's like, what's the Fire Festival? And I was like, oh, shit. I'm like, I'm not going to tell you anything about this. We're just going to watch the documentary. And like... (laughs) You know, they start off kind of talking about the app this guy was building, and then it doesn't really, like, it slowly builds into a shit show. And so it's, like, just the progression (laughs) of the horror on his face as we got into what was happening. Um, I think it peaked when they interviewed, like, this pilot that had been flying them to the original island, because I didn't realize there were multiple islands involved in this shit show. They had to switch islands, like, three times. Uh, And he's like, yeah, I taught myself to fly on Microsoft Flight Simulator. And we were just like, holy shit. This is the guy you picked to be your private pilot. Um, Yeah, it was was pretty amazing. 
Well, I mean, I taught myself how to be a archer and um, a, a assassin using uh, Assassin's Creed and Dragon Age. So, I mean, it so makes total sense that you'd be able to fly a plane. You're definitely qualified to be an assassin now. Yeah, no, he just... Oh, absolutely. This slowly dawning terror is like all I can describe. <laughs> what was his verdict on the documentary? Uh, it was basically just what the actual fuck. I don't think he cared about the documentary so much as what actually happened and was just completely mystified by the whole thing. <laughs> What did you think? Which one did you watch? Was it the Netflix or the Hulu? It was the it was the Netflix one. I mean, it was just. So, like, what did you I think? I don't understand how you can be like, you know what? Let's just put together a music festival on a Caribbean island and not think about things like waste disposal and food and bringing in water. Like, there were so many people involved in this. I have to wonder why no one was like, you know what? This is a really fucking bad plan. All right. So aside from Fire Festival, which we are not no. going to. Although, you know what? I could not imagine something. Ugh, you know, no. tying this into the reading sanctuaries, there is a certain amount of money that I would pay for a mattress on the beach and people would just leave me the fuck alone. Like, I feel like I could I could manage the rest, like getting food and water. And yeah, oh, yeah. like I could handle that. Like the, the, the accommodations oh. weren't luxurious, oh, yeah. but as long as no one else was around, I would sleep in the little whatever FEMA tent or whatever they had found did you see the um the protest sign from one of the furlough protests build a wall around me i hate everyone uh that (laughs) sounds legit yeah i i i feel like this person and i would get along really well but we'd have to stay quite a far distance from each other (laughs) so we're going to talk about reading sanctuaries because i realize that we each have a reading sanctuary in our homes or if you're amanda you gather up a bunch of people and make one on the road which is pretty amazing and i wanted to ask you guys about the reading sanctuaries you have what amanda let me start with you what are the elements of your reading space that you need to have blankets for blankets duh of course are you you always cold i am always freezing I think so. I mean, I'm a nester by nature. Instead of naughty by nature, I guess it's nester by nature. Um, And even in the middle of summer, I need like a thick quilt on my bed. And if you live in New England, most places don't have central AC. So it's interesting. But (laughs) I always need a blanket. Even when we went on like the reading retreat, I commandeered one of these huge like eight foot wide bean bags and I had that and a pillow and a blanket so blankets are a necessity for me if I could take a blanket everywhere like if I'm reading on public transportation and I would be allowed a blanket like I would do it you want to hear one of my most prideful or proud moments as a parent (laughs) I took the kids to see a terrible movie after they got back from camp because it had come out over the summer and it was like in a really somewhat distant and rather cheap theater. And my older son was like, it is always cold in a movie theater. I'm bringing a blanket. And he rolled up into the theater holding nachos and a blanket, made himself so comfortable (laughs) in the chair. I was so proud. So I say, pack a blanket, bring it with you. People do that all the time here, but I feel like Wisconsin has its own rules regarding coziness. 
Oh yeah, the the, the planet, the, the place on the planet where you live is trying to kill you. Yeah, like our dress code at work officially stops somewhere around October. Like I have, I have the <laughs> jeans that I can wear on a normal day, and then I have the jeans that my long underwear fits under. And like you just you just layer yep. because we're in an old building, we're attached to a warehouse, which is just open space that gets really fucking cold. Like at some point, we're like we're not in yep. office anymore. Just don't start a trash can fire, and we're good. <laughs> yeah, I I definitely believe that there is a point when it is so cold that fashion rules do not apply. It doesn't matter what you look like as long as you are safe and alive in this cold. Like it's supposed to be, I think like twenty degrees tomorrow. Um, I will be wearing all my layers all the time. And I don't care if it, I look like the Stay Puft Marshmallow <laughs> Man. So, Amanda, you need blankets. Yeah. Where is your reading sanctuary in your home? I mean, I am a, am a universal like bed reader. I love getting cozy in my bed and reading a book. Um, we have like this really nice chaise lounge in our quote-unquote reading room. Um. And my roommate has, like, an extra electric blanket. So now she has an electric blanket that's permanently out there on the chaise lounge. That you oh, can just poor like, Linus. Linus fucking loves it. He <laughs> <laughs> loves it. Um, but, yeah, I am, like, a bed reader. I like to get under my – I currently have three blankets on my bed, an electric, a down comforter, and a quilt – um, and I like to just burrow in there with my book and go to town. <laughs> so that's usually where I am if I'm reading. Sometimes I'll read on the couch, but, you know, with blankets. But yeah, I really like being in a bed so I can stretch out. I can prop myself up with pillows. My cat will be snoozing. That's usually my, like, sanctuary is my bed. Do you have a secondary place in the uh, the reading room that used to be a dining room but is now for books? <laughs> I think I read on our couch more than the chaise in the reading room because the couch is a sectional. So right. We have like a chaise area of the couch and then like the regular area of the couch and I can spread out on that. So usually my roommate's in the chaise lounge and sometimes I'll get in it like if I'm by myself. I like – spreading out or being able to curl into a ball. So space is definitely something I like to have while I'm reading. It's hard. Yeah. I don't space and pillows and blankets. blankets. Yeah. I don't like a tiny, those are your elements. A tiny armchair is not for me. I need to like wiggle around and move every so often and stretch my legs out. So that's like integral to what I need when I'm getting comfortable for like a long, a long reading sesh. That's interesting. Elise, what about you? What are the elements of your reading sanctuary and where is it in your home? So first of all, my need for a reading sanctuary appeared sometime in November of like 2016. I don't know why that. Oh God, why? So crazy. (laughs) Um, So for me, I, I need a couple of things. One, it needs to be really toasty and warm. And then I have to have really good light because my reading sanctuary is also my knitting sanctuary. Ditto, except for cross-stitching. I am the same way. So my reading sanctuary is actually just my spot in bed because uh, I have selected the warmest part of the house to sleep in. And then (laughs) 
we have like really big windows in our bedroom. So I get like lots of really nice natural light in there. And then what I've done, Rich actually went out and bought it. Like he saw it and just brought it home. And this is why I love him so much. He bought me this lamp that's like basically a giant bookshelf that has a lamp on top. So I have like all of my arcs on one shelf that are coming up for review. So I know what I need to read. And then I've got, um, some older books down at the bottom. I've got my lamp there. I've got all of my cozy blankets. And then I make like a little pillow nest. So you know how in movies, like guys complain about like all the throw pillows, like what's the point of having all these throw pillows? You just take them off the bed before you go to bed. No, you build the pillow nest. It's got to be like a semi-circular <laughs> thing that supports you that you can then like fall back into. And it's like being snuggling with a polar bear it's all white and fuzzy and wonderful it's funny that you mentioned light because i know this is the opposite but i hate light what i will try to read a book in the dimmest light possible and oh my eyes hurt just thinking about it it's ruining my eyesight but I had this thought, I was like, I wish I could read in the dark. And before you say, well, just read on an e-reader. I want to be able to read a like a physical copy of a, of a book in the dark. I want nighttime eyesight is what you I want, want. You want to be a drow, basically. Yes. Yes, okay. please. You want to be a what? A it's, drow. It's D&D, a dark elf, D&D Sarah. Speak. Get with the program. I'm still not with you. I'm sorry. You're going to need to school me on an elementary level here. Right. A what? A drow is a D&D character that is a elf that lives underground in the dark. And sometimes they're evil, except like there's been on books and campaigns and stuff with drow that are good. So it's like a black skinned elf with white hair that can see in the dark. Fantasy aside, you could get yourself a pair of those glasses that have little lights at the top corner so that it just shows light where you're looking. I guess. I were I'd be worried that it'd be too bright in like my periphery. But I I guess. Right. But I get to a point where it's like, I need to turn all of the lights off. I am done with light in my face. Like <laughs> I just get to that point. But it's like I also want to keep reading i kind of i oh wow that's a problem you're saying amanda so like two thoughts first of all the other thing i didn't mention that's super important is my reading sanctuary has to be a space where i never do any work so i have spaces in my house where if i'm working from home or doing whatever that you know like in the dining room for example i will sit at sit there and pull out the laptop and work i can't do work in my reading space this is like designated no work area um Oh, that's very smart. But going back to the no light thing, I kind of get you. Like I've been Pinteresting a lot lately um, because I would like to at some point turn our spare room into kind of like a craft reading room. And so I've been looking at a lot of interior design stuff. And I have decided that I can never live in California or marry a celebrity because their houses are all like fucking white and glass everywhere. And it's horrible. And everything's really bright and shiny and I feel like you would see all of my pores all of the time. Like I definitely need like a moodier goth (laughs) aesthetic uh, to my interior decorating. Yeah. I'm stumped on the light thing and the uh, (laughs) decorating thing. I'm I'm stumped here. I feel like you need to just create yourself a a world where you're Amanda, the vampire librarian. (laughs) You can read books in the dark. 
huh. Like I'm really stumped. Like and I'm sitting here thinking, like I'm staring off in the space, looking at the wall. Like, how do you read with the lowest light possible? Because it's cozy. Huh. It is cozy. And yeah. the lighting in my apartment, I wouldn't say it's bad. It's definitely better than my previous apartment. But the overhead light takes a while to like warm up. And then at some right. point it just gets annoying. And so I'll turn that off and I have like a table side lamp. Which do you have it on a dimmer or do you have three-way bulbs? No, I do not. Um, you might be able to put a three-way bulb in that light fixture or get a dimmable light. Ooh. Yeah. Well, my table side lamp is pretty dim, so I'll switch that over. But then it gets Or you can put a lower wattage bulb yeah, in but it then too. It gets That's to another a point option. where it's like, I'm tired of this light now. <laughs> so I'm like, <laughs> I just I mean, move from like darker to darker to darker. <laughs> This is amazing to me. <laughs> I get what you're saying because, like, I love the idea of, like, reading in the bathtub by candlelight. I just can't do it. Like, mm-hmm. I'm physically incapable of managing that. Oh, I'm too cold in the bathtub. It's bleh. Bleh. Ugh. You got to keep adding more hot cold. water. Yeah. Once it's like you let you it drain and you add more hot more water. hot water, yeah. I get so cold so quickly that the hot water heater, as big as it is, cannot keep up with me um being cold like i would have i would end up like boiling myself to try to stay warm in a bath i cannot stay warm in a bathtub i find it incredibly unpleasant interesting like i love hot water to the point like when i leave the shower or bath i want to look like a cooked lobster like i want to be <laughs> bright red and really tender um so i like it's served with I, a side of butter my yes, my previous my previous fantasy series, Amanda the Vampire Librarian Filet. <laughs> so yeah, I will spend thank God I work from home. I have never roomed with another person who was a bath person, but I'll take a bath in the middle of the day and I'll be in there for like two and a half hours. How? Oh my god, I would be so cold. Because I refill it when once the water I do have a pretty good water heater, I feel like, or like boiler. Wow. But yeah, like I can run the hot water for a little bit, let the tub fill, and then stop it. And by the time the water gets like cold enough to be like uncomfortable, the hot water is fine again to like refill the tub. I cannot. I, mean, <laughs> I, I also can't. I also don't like hot tubs because if I submerge, submerge myself past my basically passed above my heart. My heart starts pounding and I start getting this throbbing headache. Oh my God. I can put my feet or my legs in the hot tub. I can even put myself in a hot tub up to about my waist. But once my heart and my lungs are in the hot water, I start to feel sick. Oh. So that also may be why I don't like a super hot bath, but then I get cold because the water is not boiling Amanda temperature. Yeah. And like, if that's the case, you can't like fully submerge. No, because I'll feel like shit because my head oh, will start geez. throbbing and my heart will be like, why are you cooking me? <laughs> I'm a delicate goddamn flower. Let me tell you. <laughs> So one of the things we did was several years back, we discovered we had black mold growing behind the walls of our bathroom, which is. Oh, I remember this. It was terrible. So when they came into, we had to tear everything down to the studs. And by we, I mean a company we paid to like bring an HVAC tent in. Like they're not fucking around with black mold. They're not fucking around with mold now. So we figured we have to spend all this money to fix this anyway. We got rid of the bathtub because I wasn't rich will not fit in a normal bathtub because he's six foot four and I don't take a ton of baths and we put in a steam shower 
that has a bench. So in the winter, when your sinuses are all dry and like really awful, you can just kind of sit in there and steam yourself. And I do that and I read. So all of my paper books are like super curly and jacked up in the winter (laughs) (laughs) because I'm in my little like steam sauna room. So Amanda reads in the dark and you read in the steam room. I am the most boring person compared to this with you. Oh my gosh. I have a chair. (laughs) I have a chair. Like like seriously, technically I have two reading sanctuaries. Like you, I always read before bed. But the thing that made my bed even better as a reading place, um, I can't pile pillows or anything like that because I, it just hurts my back and my neck if I'm not sitting upright or down. Like I can't recline. I'm a, I don't know what is up, but I'm a delicate flower. Um, but I upgraded to one of those sunrise style alarm clocks. So it's like this big globe and you set the alarm and then 20 to 30 minutes before the alarm goes off, it mimics a sunrise. So it turns red and then it t- turns gold. And then it has this bright sort of growing sunlight. And that's part of what wakes you up. And then at the end of the time, there's actually a sound feature. You can turn on the radio or you can have, I think there's birds. And then there's also running water, which I think is terrible because I would just have to jump up and run to the bathroom. But it also has a sunset feature, which I have been using And I love it because it starts with a lower level light and then slowly decreases into sort of this red sort of sunset kind of glow before going out. And if I'm reading on my phone or my Kindle and I have the clock going darker and darker, you would like that part, Amanda. Um, By the time I get to the lowest level of light, I am really tired. So it's almost like I'm tricking my brain reading plus sunset and I am very, very peaceful. And then it's also my bed, which I love. But as a space where I read that is not the bed, I have a chair in a room of my house. Now, I would, I would like to say that this is my chair, but if the dogs were on this panel, they would disagree because they also <laughs> like my chair. It's this. It's a wing chair from Ikea that we bought, I think, a summer or two ago. But we put the legs on wrong <laughs> and we kept it that way. So the, two of the legs are longer and two of the legs are shorter. So it's supposed to sort of tip you back, right? But we put them in the wrong places. And I didn't realize we'd done it wrong until Adam did the other chair and did it correctly. We realized they didn't look right. But I was more comfortable with it set up incorrectly because my legs are so short that having the shorter legs in the front means my feet <laughs> touch the ground, which doesn't happen in any chair I sit on, not even the couch. So I have taken the chair with the incorrect leg installations. I have it in the corner. I have it next to the windowsill. So I have all of this light and the window in that room uh, faces west. So we get lots of light, especially in the afternoon. I have chargers. I have a Bluetooth speaker. I have my uh, side table. And Elise, you know that light you recommended to me that's... um, It's not a full spectrum light for seasonal affective disorder, but it's a full spectrum light for crafting? Yes, ma'am. I have one of those, which is fucking amazing. So I have my light and I have my cross-stitching supplies and I have chargers and I have a speaker. And I got a blanket at Costco that I think is supposed to be one of those weighted blankets, except that it wasn't labeled that way because it's very heavy. It's plush on one side and fleece on the other. And the dogs fight with me over that. So if I have the blanket under or on top of me, I am warm. I am all cocooned up in my wing chair. I have the light that I need. I have the cross-stitching. I can switch from reading to cross-stitching and listening and then back to reading. And I really only have to get up to refill my water bottle or use the toilet. It's brilliant. 
And since and since Adam has been on on furlough since we got back from Japan, we've been spending a lot of time in our respective reading places. <laughs> I'm really curious about those weighted blankets because I always wonder if the reason why I have so many blankets on my bed is because I like the weight of all those blankets on top of me. Um, so I'm always curious Maybe. to like try one out. I would love to try one out because I don't want to buy one. They're very expensive. Yes. I like the one that I got from Costco because it wasn't very expensive and it's definitely not marketed as a weighted blanket. Like it doesn't have weights in it, but it is so much heavier than any of the other throws that I have in the house. I have one of those that a friend sent me as a gift and it's not actually a weighted blanket. It's just super heavy. And one side is like a faux fur and it's actually like a, I think Lisa Vanderpump's brand of blanket but it's like super heavy and what <laughs> yeah like she's, <laughs> she's got like a home decor line um and but it's like i call it the the cat blanket because when you break it out no matter where they are in the house i swear to god the cats know they're like the oh blanket yeah it is out and then you have you have them fighting for space over it um but one thing i have noticed with my reading oh my god <sighs> sorry Sorry. My husband just sent me a text message with a photo of it saying, uh, glad you're busy right now because a certain individual who has fuzzy pantaloons has scooted all down the hallway and there is just a line of shit downstairs that he is dealing with <laughs> at the moment. So, Oh, no. So he'll be using the carpet cleaner. Uh he did it on the, the hard floor, which surprises me. Normally, that's a carpet activity he likes to sell for us. Um, I love how there's always some kind of mention of animal poop when we talk. <laughs> do I have to content warning that, do you think? All of our Discussion animal. of poop, y'all. Sorry. So anyway, uh, Fisher scooted all over the downstairs. Uh, one thing I have noticed, and I'm not, <laughs> I am not shitting on ebooks. And being ableist. (laughs) I hate people who do that where they're like, I need the smell of books and only actual books are real because I have no discernible personality other than owning books and I'm a snob. I really like reading in paper because I stare at a screen all day. I stare at like three screens all day. I get it. And so when I come home, I don't want to look at any more screens. And even the e-ink, like I feel like my brain is still in work mode when I'm staring at a screen. So I have kind of surrounded myself with stacks of books. Like it's to the point now where like... They're stacked up by we, – we need more bookshelves is what it boils down to. But they're stacked up by genre and, like, then we start with the hardcovers and we move up to the trades and then we get into the uh, into the mass markets. And it's sort of like I have a little fort and I just go there to feel yep. safe in my book fort. Oh, yeah. I understand that. Mine is very much a nest or a fort where I have uh, my speaker, my cross-stitching supplies, and I bought this frame – for myself to cross stitch on. It's actually a lap frame so I can stitch with both hands. Um, and it's massive, but it's wonderful to work with. So I have all of that around me. If it's time to relax and I park myself in the, in, in the, in the chair, then I have everything I want to relax and not work right in front of me. And sometimes I have my laptop there, but 
just as often. Um, I only have video games installed on my laptop. I won't put them on my work computer because I know myself and that would be bad. So I could have my laptop there and just, you know, play Stardew Valley for two straight hours and not even notice. So what are the things that you cannot have in your reading spot? Oh boy. I was going to say a TV. However, my husband wanted a TV in the bedroom. So we have one. I typically do not watch it when I am in like my sanctuary zone. Um, if I'm going to be knitting, I usually listen to podcasts or audiobooks. Every now and then I put on a murder show, but that's about it. I, I'm trying to avoid screens, I think is what it boils down to. One thing that I forgot to mention for my, and I think we've talked about this, is that I like background noise. But I'm that very, is so interesting. I'm very specific about my background noise. Wait, wait. Didn't you, so, didn't you tell us once that you fall asleep to the Scott Peterson episode of um, Generation Y? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> I fell asleep last night to the last podcast on the left episode about Joseph Mengele. <laughs> So. Jesus Christ. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Do you have any idea what kind of dreams I would have? I'm sure horrible dreams, but I just <laughs> conquer it out. God. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So you like <laughs> background noises that you like background noise that's 65% scaring the crap out of your unconscious. Well, like, that's for sleeping. For- <laughs> oh, of course. What was I thinking? Of course that's for sleeping. For reading, I just usually put on some kind of, like, trashy reality show. So, like, I don't have to pay attention. Um, it's just, like, background noise. Um, so complete silence for reading is something that I cannot have. You know, that's really interesting because the thing that I need to have and in my in where I read is actually control of what I'm hearing. And complete silence doesn't work for me. Um, but if the choice is the TV or people talking or people on the phone and silence, I will always pick silence because people talking is distracting. So like the idea of turning on uh, a reality show where people are going to be talking loudly at each other, I would be like, no, there's nothing restful about that. I need to go hide like in a very quiet. A lot of the things that I put on are, I think people talking like I might put on like a Twitch stream. Yeah. It's always like a person talking in some capacity. It's not like ambient music or you know, like sounds from a coffee shop or something like oh, that. Oh, it's talking. Oh my God. It's there's a, yeah. I have a white noise app on my phone that I use sometimes. And one of the uh, channels is crowd noise. And I'm like, no, <laughs> fucking no. Are you kidding? I wrote a whole uh, post about this in late last year about music to listen to when you're working and the same things that I listen to when I'm working, I listen to when I'm reading. Um, I listen to like lo-fi hip hop YouTube streams and I listened to, I listened to uh, brain FM. Like I was in the hallway. My, my younger son is in honors band this month and next, and it's awful. It's half an hour away. The rehearsal is an hour and a half. So there is really no point in my driving there, driving home, being home for 20 minutes, then driving back to pick him up. So I just go and I sit in the hallway 
there's always someone who's having the loudest cell phone call of their life in this hallway. And it's, a, it's at a school. So of course the hallway is like metal and linoleum and loudness. So I always have earbuds with me and I listen to different things to try to drown out this woman hollering into her cell phone. I ended up, I didn't have enough of a signal for YouTube and Brain FM wasn't doing it. So I actually had to crank up the Stardew Valley piano soundtrack album to like volume 99 point, you're going to go deaf now. And that was the only thing that could drown her out was Stardew Valley on piano. (laughs) I have to control the sounds I'm hearing because voices and words are distracting when I'm reading and when I'm writing. Um, my brain and I are not good at ignoring like people talking. And if I really want to immerse myself in what I'm reading, I need to block out the sounds that aren't in my control. Now, meanwhile, I live in a house with two dogs who like to bark at things, cats who like to yell at each other. One of my sons plays the drums and the other one plays the drums, the trombone, the electric and the acoustic guitar. And they all have to practice music. That does not bother me because it's not talking. It's really interesting. Like the idea of listening to reality TV show, just like I would be so miserable. It has to be not talking. I cannot read and listen to music with lyrics at the same time. Like my brain can't do it. So I have a pod or I have a, a, not a podcast. I have a playlist that's just like instrumental music. um, Or I listen to a lot of soundtracks. But then, like, I find, like, depending oh, on the yeah. soundtrack I'm listening to, like, all of a sudden you're reading, like, a flirty contemporary and you're, like, super pumped because you don't realize you're listening to, like, the Game of Thrones soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> and I would like to just share with the podcast listeners that I have sent Sarah and Amanda the cat poop photo from downstairs because this is our level of friendship. Um, oh, boy. Yeah. It's 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 oh, real bad. So, and now he's, he's oh my goodness <laughs> jesus christ what did what did he eat? Looks like a little snail trail oh he needs some rice he needs some rice like stat oh no, my lord scooting it gets caught in his britches yeah you need to shave his ass and give him he some rice that's a lot of dookie. linus linus doesn't have that problem so we see the vet on the first of february and this will likely be just show him that picture. A topic of conversation. And now the little perpetrator is in here with me, like all snugly, like, I love you. Um, <laughs> so back to things we listen to. That's a lot of schmear. Yeah, you need some rice. Oh, God, I accidentally zoomed in. Escape, escape. <laughs> Why do I always bring our podcast to like a terrible, terrible place? I'm so sorry. Oh, anyway. Well, and here's the thing I don't get. They get super bland prescription cat food um, because Dewey has, like, colon issues as well. So I cannot figure out, like, what his deal is. Like, I can't get any more bland than this. But anyway. Um, Anyway, so I can't listen to things with words in it when I'm reading. Uh, I do like to listen to podcasts, though, and audiobooks when I'm knitting. Can I share some of my favorite happy podcasts with you guys? Sure. Yes. How many dead people are in them? No, I'm not doing dead people podcasts this time, Sarah. I'm doing happy podcasts. <laughs> oh. Maybe. Okay. Yeah, sure. I, I'm I'm willing to bet that by the third one, someone's dead. But okay, go ahead. Well, yeah, actually, now that I think about it, right. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so you like dead things. A- it's okay. 
So there's a couple of knitting podcasts I like, and I know we've talked about it on the show before. I really like Knit One Geek 2. They don't have a ton of episodes, but it's two knitters who are also super into like geeky fandoms. And so it's a combination of talking about what they're knitting and what they're working on, and also like the super deep dive into things like Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. or Disney movies or whatever is kind of out at that time, Wonder Woman. Um, and then there's also a podcast called Pom Pom Quarterly. Pom Pom is a British knitting magazine, and they do a podcast like every quarter where they interview someone who is either a dyer or a designer. And it's just like two really fun British women interviewing people about stuff they love. And it's like incredibly soothing to my brain. And then I think I've told you about Hey Sis, which is two sisters who are really examining um kind of the role of uh, race and feminism in their world and in being creative. One of them is Nicole Blade. So she is um, an author that I think we've talked about on the site. But it's also obvious that these two women, they're sisters, they're friends. It's really fun to listen to them talk to each other because of how much they obviously love each other. And it's just a really good dynamic. And then finally, the murdery one. Uh, I got super <laughs> I got super into this podcast called Unobscured, which is a really, really deep dive into the Salem witch trials. Um, like super deep dive. I've read a whole bunch of books about it and there's stuff in here that I had never heard of before. And they interview historians and it's actually just really um, an interesting podcast if you're a fan of history. That's very cool. Did I recommend to you um, You're Wrong About? I recommended no. that to you. You recommended that to me? I listened to one about... Um, you are wrong about multiple personality disorder. Yeah. That was fascinating. One, because one of the things that the hosts discuss is the idea that a lot of people were diagnosed with multiple personality disorder because at the time it was a trendy diagnosis. It was also curable and it was a big novelty and very attractive to both patients and doctors to have a mental illness that was curable when all of the others are kind of not. But the thing that stuck with me um, was one of the hosts talking about millennials <laughs> and saying that, that the thing with millennials is that they are unabashed at saying, this is hard and I hate it. <laughs> and I was like, yes, that is why I like millennials because you're, you're unabashedly afraid to be like, yeah, this sucks. I hate it. And you know what? It does suck. Let's not pretend that this doesn't suck. <laughs> so I asked you guys to come with a question for the other two. Now, what question do you have? I have one, but I want to hear what you guys want to ask. So my question is for Sarah, because out of the two of us, you're the one with kids. So is there like a mom is in her reading sanctuary uh, emergency contact only rule? Like you've got two kids, two dogs, two cats. Like how do you <laughs> maintain that space and not have- Forget everyone to leave me alone. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's a number of things. One, the dogs will always steal the chair because the chair has the blanket and they both want the chair and the blanket. So if I get up out of the chair, one of them will try to steal it. And then depends on how ornery I am. If I feel like making the move or I just go sit on another surface until they decide, oh, there's space next to the lady. I'll go sit next to her. And then I go sit in the chair. There are times when I read when the kids are either in bed or you know at school, like I can read during lunch. Most of the time, though, they know that if I'm reading, I won't actually hear them. Like they could start talking. And if I'm really into my book, I won't hear. So they now know and are like, mom, mom, are you there? Mom? <laughs> Hi. And then like they'll get a little louder. Hey, hey, mom. Um, 
mom. And then they're like, okay, now do I need to like set something on fire? Cause I'm still reading or I have earbuds in and they can't see my earbuds. So then they just start like dropping things or dancing around the room. And I'm like, what, what the <laughs> fuck are you doing? Walking in but they know. Trombone. Oh yeah. Yeah. I have, uh, I've had, I've been interrupted by trombone. I've been interrupted by, uh, attempts at movie stunts. <laughs> I've been, um, distracted by dancing and singing, uh, sometimes uh, a a person will try to show me the latest meme dance. That is always hilarious. But they know that if I'm reading, it's not that they can't disturb me. It's that I'm difficult to disturb. <laughs> so they'll be like really cautious. Like, mom, can I can I talk to you? Are you there? Can you hear me? Hello. <laughs> so they know that they sort of gradually have to level up the volume if I'm ever going to hear them. My question is similar to Elise's in that. Out of the three of us, I am huh. the only one who's not married. So I'm, and I know both of your husbands read in some capacity. I know I think like Rich listens to a lot of audiobooks and stuff like that. How do your spouses' yep. reading nests compare to yours? Do you ever join forces and combine your reading nests? Hmm, that's a good question. Typically, when I'm upstairs, that's kind of like my alone time, and he doesn't try to bother me too much um rich plays a lot of video games so it's pretty common for him to be downstairs gaming and i'm upstairs reading or something on occasion though we will listen to the same audiobook and right now we're listening to um in fairly field by rise bowen so we'll listen to the same audiobook while doing things like i'll be knitting um he might be playing a game on his laptop so we do kind of sometimes intersect but usually uh, me being upstairs is like my signal to leave me alone. I'm done talking to people for a while. That's a good signal. Adam and I both read in bed before bed, but he reads on his phone and I usually read on my Kindle unless the book I can, the book I'm reading is only accessible through a library app that's on my phone. Um, his reading spot, which he's been spending a lot of time in because as part of his furlough, he's not allowed to work. And he's ethically not allowed to go get another job and he's forbidden from doing any work. So he's like, well, now what the fuck do I do? We were joking that he's like not actually going to remember how to do his job. That He's going to need like 101. Here is what you do because it's been all month now. He's definitely not remembering his passwords. Those are gone. Forget it. He's all of those are going to have to be reset. Um, but he's right. He's reading so much. He, we have similar to you, Amanda, we have a chase um, another Another piece of furniture that the dogs tend to fight over now that I think about it, but we have a, a chaise that is his place to sit in the morning on weekends. That's his sort of location. He and I were also talking about this today when we were walking um, walking the dogs. I was reading a book called 168 Hours, uh, which is sort of time examination and time management and time diary keeping, you know, all that time management stuff. This my my catnip. And the author, uh, Laura Vanderkamp, pointed out that you lose a lot of hours to, to watching TV because it's really easy. It's relatively cheap. It's very low impact. You sit down, you press a button, there's something to entertain you. But I don't like television and I don't trust television writers, which I've talked about before. And since we got rid of cable and now have streaming services and specific shows that we watch, Adam was like, I have specific shows, but I watch them when I'm working out. I don't have shows that I'm watching all the time. So he's reading more and there's no television in our front room. So we watch a lot less TV because we are most comfortable sitting in a room where there isn't a TV. I think for me, part of the reason I have to be kind of almost in a separate room 
um, is because when Rich is gaming, again, I don't want to be around screens as much. And also his video games are really violent and that's distracting to, I shouldn't say really violent. I guess they're video games, but he does like a lot of stuff where zombies get shot in the head and things like that. So um, I, I, it's kind of distracting and gross and like, I don't want to sit there and I, I like, I keep being drawn to it over the top of my book, if that makes sense. Well, no, it's light and movement and yeah, of course it makes sense. And, like, that's how he soothes himself. So you can't make fun of my murder <laughs> obsessions anymore. He finds dismembering zombies to be soothing. I'm not making fun of it. I just think it's alarmingly consistent. Because <laughs> even when you say there's no murder in here, there's, there's murder. murder in there. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Someone's getting murdered. <laughs> Is Elise involved? <laughs> Someone was murdered. That sounds very bad now that I've said that. Wait. <laughs> no, I, it's okay. Like... I feel like at this point I am so versant in murder. I could easily commit a double homicide and not be caught. Like probably just the one I'd have to plan it out, but I think I could do it. I have one last question for you guys. If you are traveling, is there anything that you bring with you other than books to create a reading sanctuary when you're not at home? No, (laughs) I don't. um, Because I try to, I try to travel really light, but I do have like kind of remote reading sanctuaries where when I'm at work, um, there is a empty office that sometimes I don't have time to take an actual lunch, but I need, I'm I'm like a mom. I have like 20 people that I work with that sometimes I need like 10 goddamn minutes of quiet, (laughs) you guys. And I go in there (laughs) and I hide and read for a few minutes. And then there's, um, the cat cafe down the street from me, which has really become kind of like my little reading sanctuary. So I'll go there if I can take a lunch and snuggle a cat and read and just completely decompress for an hour. It's wonderful. Um, For me, I always bring books in the hopes like I'm going to read on the plane or I'm going to read while my family's being terrible. Um, And that never happens. Like (laughs) I get, I get on a plane and I immediately (laughs) fall asleep. I get around my like, family and the minute I pull out a book my mom has a passive aggressive oh you have to work I was like I just want to ruin my book (laughs) so no but I mean I always have headphones on me like always in my purse when I'm traveling when I'm just like on the subway because I do like background noise so when I'm reading even if it's Mm -hmm. just on public transportation or whatever I will put my headphones in and put something on to listen to while I'm reading. Right. Yeah. For me, it's earbuds. If I can isolate my sound of what I'm hearing, then I'm okay. So before we go, we have a book club. Yay! I'm so excited. So basically, the Patreon folks have dropped in a ton of really good suggestions. And we are going to have such a good choice for the first quarter. And then we'll do it again each quarter. The books that they have suggested that we read are so interesting. It's actually going to be hard to choose. I was really afraid we were going to get like all crazy sauce. No, we have some crazy sauce. But then we also have... Um, I, I love this book and I would love to hear you guys talk about it. Like they want someone to share their love of this book, which is always really enjoyable. I love reading books that other people have suggested. So I wanted to suggest this book that I really enjoyed. There's also, um, writers who are not as well known and there's suggestions that are just really thoughtful and interesting. I, I'm really excited to share the responses with you guys. So the Patreon community suggests books. We pick a book. We read the book. We're going to tell everybody what the book is. And then we're going to record a discussion of the book. 
And then in the future, we can invite people on to be panelists with us to talk about the book, which will also be awesome. The thing is, though, I do want to have like, I guess each of us would get like a veto card. Like, I'm not going to sacrifice my sleep or my mental health if the book is too murdery, or I might just let you guys read it and I'll facilitate the discussion because there's some things I can't put in my brain. Would the veto just be like a personal veto? Like, I'm going to sit out this quarter or would it be like an overall veto? Like, we're picking another book. No, I would just sit out. Like, if if I'm like, yeah, that's not something that I can read or I'll give it a try. And if my brain is like, whoa, 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 no, then I'll sit it out and facilitate the discussion. But I mean, each of us gets a veto. I'm not going to force you to read something that you think might really upset you. You know what I mean? It's one thing to read outside the genres you're accustomed to. It's another thing to be like, I'm awake at three in the morning because this book has scared the shit out of me. At least that would happen to me, not to you guys, because you're well-versed in murder. Me, not so I just (laughs) need to formally apologize for that. Apologize to the podcast listeners for making this podcast so much about cat poop and murder when we were talking about reading sanctuaries. (laughs) Maybe that's the title, reading cat poop and murder. I'm down with it. Yeah. Yeah. And if I don't put it in any commas, it'll be really more interesting. (laughs) Reading cat, like instead of reading tea leaves, you read cat poop. Like what? I'm writing it down right now. Reading cat poop and murder. What are these cat scoots like? can, Can tell you about your future. Oh my God. What if, what if Fisher is trying to tell you something and it's not, Hey, I had a bad doo-doo. Fisher's not smart enough to tell me anything other than he had a bad doo-doo. Like I love him so much and he's got seven functioning brain cells. Really? He does. (laughs) You don't think it's like a higher like Rorsatch or whatever it is test where it's like, what shape do you see? I don't know. Sometimes he does this thing where, like, we'll have the curtain pulled a- along the patio door, and there will be something, uh, some critter out on the porch. And Dewey will, like, go behind the curtain so he can watch it. And Fisher will just push his face into the curtain like he can see through it if he pushes hard <laughs> enough. Like, he's super dumb. But I love him. I don't know. I, I think that, that that tile scoot is um, has a message of great importance to the universe. I mean, maybe that he's operating on an entirely different plane. He's actually a super genius cat. Sure, we can go with that. Or he's got poopy britches. <laughs> Mr. Or like, you oh, know, in Stranger Things where they like communicate through the lights. He's like communicating. I would prefer him to choose a different forum in which to communicate a different medium. <laughs> oh, God. I'm going to have to put this picture of Fisher in the podcast notes with like a spoiler tag. Spoiler tag. Yeah. It's super gross. Yeah, it's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but the number of pet owners who listen to this podcast are probably like, oh, yeah, I've been there. And that brings us to the end of this meandering episode. I hope you enjoyed our conversation. I had a really good time. And I would really like to know about your reading sanctuary. Where do you read? What do you have to have? What do you have to not have? You can email me at sbjpodcast at gmail.com. You can leave a message at 1201-371-3272. Or you can come find us on Twitter. I am at Smart Bitches. Amanda is at underscore I'm an adult. And Elise is at Elise Indeed. You want to send us pictures by email of your reading sanctuary. We'd love to see them. It's a very personal thing, but I think it's important to everyone when you make reading a really essential part of your day. This episode is brought to you by a new digital publication that is all focused on romance, Blush Magazine. 
You've been swept away by the romance of your latest book only to crash in disappointment when it has the audacity to end. Sometimes the end are the hardest words to read, so let's remedy that, shall we? Blush Magazine is a free online publication for romance readers. Yes, you. It's a magazine that goes beyond the pages of your favorite romance novels to give you the inside scoop on authors, publishers, the latest industry trends, book reviews, free reads, and more. So never again will you be frustrated when you read The End because Blush has you covered. Subscribers receive the digital magazine in their inboxes, perfect for a quiet moment with a favorite beverage. Just sign up with your email address at blushmagazine.com.au for the first issue, which features interviews with Beverly Jenkins, Kylie Scott, Colleen Hoover, and more. Head to blushmagazine.com.au to get your first issue. Today's podcast transcript will be hand compiled by Garlic Knitter. Thank you, Garlic Knitter. And this episode's transcript is sponsored by Summoned to the 13th Grave by Dorinda Jones. If you like J.R. Ward or Janine Frost, you will love this paranormal romp that tickles not only the funny bone, but the other parts a little farther down as well. Charlie Davidson, Grim Reaper extraordinaire, is back after a century of exile. She's hurt, she is angry, and she is out for revenge. But a century on one plane isn't quite the same as it is on others. And she comes back to find a furious husband who can still melt the polar ice caps with a single glance, a world in chaos, and an expanding hell dimension that is taking over our own plane of existence. She has three days to stop an apocalypse that she may have accidentally started and to soothe the savage beast that is her blisteringly hot soulmate. Don't miss the latest and the last book in the series that RT Book Reviews calls Wickedly Funny with True Chilling Danger. Summoned to 13th Grave by Dorinda Jones is on sale now wherever books are sold, and you can find out more at dorindajones.com. If you have supported the podcast with a monthly pledge at our Patreon of any amount, thank you, thank you, thank you. Monthly pledges start at $1, and by making a pledge, you'll be part of the group who helps develop questions, suggests people for interviews, and will be helping us select our book for our quarterly Smart Bitches Book Club. If you would like to join our Patreon community, have a look at patreon.com slash smartbitches. For the book club, each quarter, the Patreon community is going to suggest books for us to read, and we will select one. Then we'll reveal the title, read, record, and share the episode and transcript, of course, about that book so you can join in the discussion however you like. I am so excited about this, and I cannot wait to get started. If you would like to tell us what to read, if you would like to support the show, have a look at patreon.com slash smartbitches. The music you are listening to is provided by Sassy Outwater. This is the Peat Bog Fairies. This is their album, Black House, and this track is called The Ranch. You can find the Peat Bog Fairies at their website, peatbogfairies.com. You can find the album at Amazon and at iTunes or wherever you buy your fine music. Time for a preview of what's coming up on Smart Bitches this week. Yay! This week and every week, we have a bunch of fun stuff. We have reviews for historical fiction and fantasy and science fiction and comics. We have Cover Awe, a new edition of Soggy Bottoms, a rec league, a new recap of The Bachelor Trainwreck, and a giveaway. If you recall my podcast interview with Paul Jarvis, author of Company of One, his publisher has sent me five hardcover copies to give away, so you can enter to win on Monday at smartbitchestrashybooks.com. And of course, we will have Help a Bitch Out, Books on Sale, and more. 
If you hang out with us here or on the site, thank you for that. Your presence and participation in the community help keep us going. And with yet another round of contractions and layoffs in smaller and larger media outlets, I remain extremely grateful to still be here. And your being part of the Smart Bitches community is part of why we're still here. So thank you for that. And now I will end this episode with a terrible joke because, well, that's how I roll. Before I do, if you are looking for any of the things we talked about, books, podcast episodes, movies, links to some of the posts we mentioned, you want to find out more about that sunrise clock I was talking about, I will have links to all of the things that we talked about in the podcast show notes at smartbitchestrashybooks.com slash podcast. Now it is time for the terrible joke. Are you ready for the terrible joke? I like this one. This is a really good one. It's really bad. That's why it's really good. Why couldn't the computer take its hat off? Give up? Why couldn't the computer take its hat off? Because it had caps lock on. <laughs> it's like I can almost hear the eye rolling. It's really, it's really quite fulfilling to imagine everyone's face like, oh, oh, God. Ah. <sighs> That book, that book, no, not that book, that joke. That joke was from that Indian dude at Reddit. Thank you very much for that joke because it made my day. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you to Amanda and Elise for hanging out with me. Thank you to Fisher for interrupting our episode with some epic, uh, epic activity. And thank you for listening. I am, like I said, very honored to still be here each week talking with you about romance fiction. We wish you the very best of reading and we will see you back here next week. <laughs>